Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. Well, one out of four ain't bad. Anyway, it was almost I was almost none out of four. I didn't send you the link. <laughs> Welcome everybody to. I figure you just took over the show and then abandoned everybody else. That's right. Do not adjust your set. We control the horizontal and the vertical. Uh, but welcome, everybody, to this edition, this pinch-hitting edition of uh, the the OG Alliance Guys podcast with Devin K. Mercer. H.M. the King, how are you? Uh, you know, I am very majestic at the moment. Isn't it? Isn't it we? We are? <laughs> no, I don't share credit with anybody. Oh, I see. I thought it was the royal we, but understood. Hey, Pam is here. Hi, Pam. How you doing? Hi, Pam. Good to uh, good to have you here. 
I did send the link to Jaden at the same time. So I am sitting in for Jay tonight. I should do the spiel. This is the other Alliance guys no, podcast. A presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. Your number one source for news and information around the National Wrestling Alliance. Also, sometimes the United Wrestling Network and various independents around the world. Just, But especially on this show, it's pretty freeform. It's basically what you guys want to talk about. What do you want to talk about with, with DK? What you want to talk about with Jaden? Um, I know, uh, DK, we got some... Uh, stuff to go over tonight we got uh yeah we got uh we got uh uh the back half of 312 the pay-per-view the the deep dive into the last half of it we did the first half yesterday on the other alliance guys i'm sorry yeah which half was worse honestly that's a fair question (laughs) which half was worse well i mean the, the half tonight at least has like world tag and and uh, uh, from a from a prestige perspective has world world tag and you know um, Camille world women's so th- there is that uh, but I don't know I honestly don't know which half was 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 better or worse if you want to look at it that way oh oh hey you're a belt mark aren't you me yeah you. What gave that away? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Just a wild guess on my part. So Heritage Auctions. Yes. Never heard of them. They're, selling, they're selling one of the old uh, Texas version of the American tag team titles. Wow. It's going to start around $10,000. Yeah. So, you know, go empty your bank account now. But it's uh, one of the old Nikita Malkovich belts. Yeah. So if you're wondering what they are, they're the ones that are like the NWA tag team titles. And, you know, the uh, WWE titles that were used by, you know, Pedro Morales and the second reign of Bruno and Billy Graham and the early part of uh, Bob Backlund's reign. So. So I'm looking at that belt right now that they're going to have up for auction, and it's funny because it says American Heavyweight Tag Team Wrestling Champions, but the side plates are still the side plates they use for all the world titles. Oh. So it's still got Italy, France, Canada, Japan, England, and, you know, Israel. So... Was it Israel or was it was it Arabia or, or something? Well, the different belt. He had like eight or nine different side plates. Yeah. And so uh, uh, on this particular belt that I'm looking at, it's Israel. Okay. And it's, it's I've always heard, sorry, start stuttering there for a minute. Took me back to my childhood. <laughs> I've always heard like, the tag team titles that we see for the NWA now. I always heard their side plates were slightly different. But I've never known for sure because the only one that was still out there was the one that uh, uh, Manny Fernandez stole. Yeah. And he let and he let uh, people, you know, make cast of it. Did Rude took the other one, did he not? Yeah, Rick Rude 
stole his first. Yeah. And then slight plot history. The original versions of those belts, when the Crockett decided to do their silver anniversary of the tag team titles. Beautiful belt. Yeah. So they took the old belt, sent them off to be refurbished, put them on new leather, black instead of the chocolate, and uh, recoated them in uh, in nickel with a, just uh, the gold eagle. Mm-hmm. Really, really pretty. And I'm not even a fan of the quote-unquote silver belts. Right. But, I mean, this one was, was really, really pretty. And while they were getting refurbished, Crocker ordered another set of tag team belts, which are the what some people now today consider the classic version. Right. It was the blue leather things held by the Rock and Roll, the Rock and Roll Express for the first team to hold it. And then uh and then you know the like the second version of the Midnight Express, the Road Warriors, all of them were there. I mean, you know, they were the titles used uh, throughout the entire later NWA and then uh, WCW NWA versions. Yeah. And uh, so those belts were originally made just to be temporary belts. I have no idea why he would have gone through the expense of having new belts made just for that, but. Surely somewhere in his closet, he had old tag team belts he could have used, but he, whatever, he had new ones made to be temporary. If you ever look at them, you can tell the originals aren't necessarily the highest quality. Right. And uh, so then they then they lost him to Ruben Fernandez, who rumor had it at the time, they were only supposed to be short-term champions. There was actually an issue going on with the Rock and Roll Express. Right. And so they were taking the belt off the Rock and Roll Express, and the idea was they were going to find another team to put them on. Uh, the problem was that the Rock and Roll Express versus Rudin Fernandez was selling out their B shows. It may it was main eventing their smaller shows, and it was it was selling out, and so they kept the titles on them. But since they weren't at the major shows, they weren't making as much money, and so Rude had the opportunity to leave and go WWE. So he did. He took the belt with him. He sure did. <laughs> so they took so they took uh Ivan Cole off and he was supposed to be a temporary tag team partner for Manny Fernandez, but they had to bring the blue belts back because they didn't have a matching set. Right. So and then like two weeks after Rude took off and after filming several promos with uh, Ivan Koloff, Fernandez takes off. And, you know, the NWA doesn't need just one belt, so he took his too. And there was there was a phantom title change, as I recall. Yes, yeah. so they showed a clip on TV from when the Rock and Roll Express had defended the titles against Rudin Fernandez and retained it Yeah, somewhere in, you know, like South Carolina or something like that, and they claimed that there was a title change up in, like, Washington or something. And so you see the Rock and Roll, but you see the Rock and Roll Express beat Rude and Fernandez, even though they told us Rude is out injured for a while. And then they go running around the rings and take off with the silver belts, which of course were no longer in Jim Crockett's possession. 
And so from that time on, the blue, the blue and gold belts were the tag team. Yeah, belts. the temporary belts became the the <laughs> belt. Which, you know, again, like what you said, I don't, I don't know why he would have. It was good that he had the maid in the end by chance, uh, Crockett. But I don't know why you would. Like uh, the NWA Canadian Championship, like 78, 80, 83, 84, something like that. It's it's a Nikita Mokovic belt. And it's it doesn't say Canadian on it anywhere. <laughs> it's like the TWWA Heavyweight Championship, like Trans World, which was a failed promotion by uh, Danny Hodge and, and Lou says and um, here he is now Jaden Beefcake Barber Jaden the Barber Beefcake that's me styling and profiling that's right um, but they uh, you know with the it was the thought was as I understand it with that belt it was like well it's a Malkovich belt why would we not use it and you know the, the pictures were never really good enough that anyone ever noticed or said anything. Anyway, Chris Drummond's here. He misses those blue and gold belts, though. Oh, Chris. Stop reliving your childhood. That's right. What is happening? Uh, we aren't getting DKM, J. Cal, and Jaden. No, the, the boss took a uh, a week off, and, and I, for some reason, agreed to do three of these shows, but uh, even I'm sick of me by now. Oh, took the week <laughs> off, did he? So we're not going to mention his suspension for drug use or whatever. Listen, we don't we don't air our our dirty laundry in other people's houses, you know. Okay, I uh, thought Aiden, that that whole bit we had about that we can't use. <laughs> I thought tires ate him. Hey, well, hey, listen, we'll leave the the uh, the tires jokes to this gentleman. Willie Bowen, Tyrus broke another record for shattering more toilet seats this time. Some of it was people falling and hitting their heads from the match he had, but that's yeah, that's, that's another story. Uh, who else we got in the chat right now? Lou is here. Speaking of Lou, says, "Hey, fam. Hey, Willie. Hey, Lou. Good to see you, my friend. So, how you been, Jaden? Been a little while. I haven't killed anybody recently. That's a good start." Not as far as we know, but the day's not over, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> give it time, give it time. <laughs> That's right. It's it's only eight fifteen. Uh, no, so I figure what we do tonight is we 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 have that back half of three one two. We left off yesterday what? at uh, at um, uh, what was it? Yabo and Kratos. Do you guys want to talk touch on the beginning of this pay per view? I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about the beginning, middle, or end of this pay per view. Honestly, Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about it. We don't have to go in depth. All right. Well, DK doesn't need an excuse to talk about anything. Let me kind of, kind of set the mood, if you will. Um, this, of course, happened last Friday. Where's the romantic music? Oh, I can probably find some of that. I'm checking. Wow, wow. <laughs> I said romantic, not perverted. Uh, who says they can't be? Who says they're mutually uh, exclusive? Good point. Can't argue that. Polka Dot Pam is in the chat. Was there and uh, supporting, of course, Chris Adonis and his bid for the ten pounds of gold. Um, but it was it was a Friday night to begin with, and um, I mean, late I'm on Friday. late Friday. It was late even for. For Central Time, 
And I think it, it ended about midnight there. It was 1 a.m. for me. And part of what, as a, as a watcher of this, that brought, brought the grade for this pay-per-view down for me was the timing, admittedly. But it was a lot of other things. And I, I wanted to ask you guys about the failed stream as a as a fan that apparently was on the NWA side, I guess to to start. And if you if you watched it, uh, DK, for me the lighting didn't look good, the sound didn't look good, the venue didn't look good, um, and there just wasn't any. I've been trying to find the word all week. I haven't found it, but there's there wasn't there wasn't any oomph in this pay per view for me. It didn't seem to have the gravitas that I, I thought it should. What did you think about all that before we get underway? I think, Jaden, if you want to get a feel for it, you can check out the pre-show uh, while I ramble on for probably an eternity now because Tim's opened up the floor to me. You'll learn a lesson about this, Tim. Uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I've been here before, DK. I know. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so we're here uh, for it. your show. It's your show, guys. I'll put it on mute. I'll be back in a half an hour. He might be finished. We'll pay you. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, no. Uh, seriously, this almost came across as an afterthought. It's like, you know, they have this new pay per view. This new pay per view name. I don't remember how many tickets they sold. Supposedly. You know what they were letting in, or whatever, whatever the thing. I think was. it was about two fifty. To me, it looked like it was about two fifty, and I think I saw where uh, where Scooby said it was somewhere around that. Yeah, and Pam says the venue had its limitations, but the Highland Park location was important to Billy for the reasons that you know he wanted to give back to that community and, and give some of the proceeds back to the uh, Highland Park Foundation. Well, I can understand that, but if you had a bigger venue where you held could hold more people and you could actually attract more people, you would have more money to give to the Highland Park Foundation. So, but that neither here nor there at the moment. Yeah, it did look very afterthoughtish to me. And it, I mean, honestly, I've been to shows in civic centers, churches. Uh, private schools and other places. The USS Nimitz? No, I haven't been there, but I've been to indie shows in different places that obviously were not set up for wrestling. And they still came across better than this place did. And uh, the lighting system looked like the lighting system they probably used during Jim Crockett's time. And, uh, yeah, it didn't, it certainly didn't translate well on TV. I was not there. I can't comment on what it was like if you were there. But on TV, I don't feel like it translated well. Scooby said they used the old school can lighting rather than LEDs for, for this one, and that didn't help. Yeah, no, they... That, that did not. And I think also the angle they set the camera up because they had one section that went back several rolls. And if you had put 
if you had put the hard camera so that's what it faced, then at least it would look like it went back. But the hard camera was facing basically a two-row section. And you were kind of left going, what? I've been TV tapings that have more people. I've been TV tapings in in Texas for places that didn't have TV that had more, <laughs> you know, right. had more people. And uh, yeah, it did not come across well. So, so there's there's point one. Dayton, have you seen any of it? Did you did you go look at any of it? Yeah, I just watched the entire NWA library while you were going off. So um, <laughs> now I just actually saw it. it reminds me a lot of early Viking Hall, the predecessor to the ECW arena, mixed with some of the NWA Wildside Arena look to it. So um, I've seen worse. Wildside was dark, and, and it just felt dark watching it on the stream. Well, I thought AEW had the dark. Maybe not. Dude. Maybe it's NWA dark. But I, I, like I said, I've seen worse. It's I wouldn't say it was a good look, but at least the right ring was lit. I've actually yeah. been to places where the the ring wasn't much dark, wasn't much lighter than the uh, outside the ring. Oh, I've been there too. Uh, our uh, our brother uh, Jeremy's here. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. But. You know, so lighting and, and sound as well, which didn't it didn't sound fantastic to me. But when the stream fell for me, and I missed two and a half matches, I never honestly got to watch the full. You know, uh, the last well, out of the, the last four matches, I missed two and a half of them, and that really hurt my overall feeling about the pay per view, which I didn't think was great anyway. Well, I heard they've been big budget, you know, on the on the production on that. You know, I think whatever local high school that, that did it did a great job. Right. That's kind of the way it was. And, you know, like Jaden said, I have seen worse. Yeah. But you don't want to know about the worst that I've seen. I mean. I, Nobody knows what DK has seen. Oh, you remember this, don't you, Jaden, when. Uh, when you took your shirt off? Yes. No, when Mountain State. NWA Mountain State. Oh, that was the greatest thing in the world. I love NWA Mountain State. And, Ooh, and la la. What, what was called, that? Do they still use Mountain State when the one guy replaced him? What they call themselves? Mid Atlantic. Yeah. And they like did a show at like a at like a high school baseball. Stadium type thing. That, was, that wasn't a high school baseball stadium. That stadium was owned by the guy, which I can't remember his name, but that was actually owned by his family before his wife left and took all his money. Right. That's a long story that we probably can't get into tonight. But uh, yeah, he. Uh, so it was like, I mean, it's not even minor league. I wouldn't even call it a minor league thing, although that's probably technically what it was. But instead of like being out on the field, it was like next to the stands, but instead of having stands, they had like, was it picnic tables or something like that? And there were like 20 fans sitting at these like picnic tables and they were bragging because they had to bring in like another table or something like that because, you know, some extra people showed up. I noticed Chris Drummond says they sold 44 tickets. So I don't know what Chris is talking about, but I don't know if that's a sarcastic statement or if they sold 44 tickets. Yeah, I don't know. Did they 
give the rest away? I, or yeah, is that just being funny? It's funny if it's meant to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I, well, see, that's that's the problem. It would be funnier if I knew. Yeah, but the thing yeah. is, I I can look at that and go. <laughs> He may be right. They may have only sold forty-four tickets. I mean, See, if it was funny, he would have sold it. Was he would have said it was sixty-nine tickets? But that's giving him too much credit. Well, that's true. There, Pam says he's being sarcastic. Yeah, you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't translate well over over chat. It, it, well, it well no, it doesn't translate well over watching the yeah thing take place in, two, in front of two rows. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very robust. Uh, the the like Pam says the the limitations of the venue were what they were, and given the area that that uh, Mr. Corrigan wanted to have the event in, I guess. But the boy had brought it down a, a full grade and then some, and and then the stream that just frustrated me to to no end. They didn't bring enough duct tape to make it work. Apparently not. Not only apparently not, but whatever the problem was, was they apparently don't have a clean copy to give fight. So I don't know what happened. So apparently it's more than, it, there may be more to it than just having issues with the stream. But just to look at the front end real quick, yeah. we, had, we had Markova versus Escobar. Escobar, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I'll uh, I'll find it here. See if we can't. No, it's got that's that's it there. La Brava Escobar with CJ. Yeah, it was a little bit weird, but it was a fun little match. I mean, I don't have any major major problems with it. Yeah, it was a hard hitting match for an opener. I think it did its best to try to get people in the spirit. We had Country Gentleman versus the Sivages. The Sivages. <laughs> That's right. Or, or whatever. Sounds like, sounds like DK when he accidentally electrocuted himself with the stun gun. <laughs> well, it's more like when my dog wakes up hacking in the middle of the night. <laughs> or, or with that one video you sent me where the guy hit the electrical wires with the broom. That was fun. Yeah. Very short clip, and you watch it about 50 times in a row. because it's And laugh funny. every time, yeah. Laugh every time. It's just funny. But anyway, Country Gentleman versus or whatever there. I guess Gs would be more accurate. Is that related to Black Cheese? Maybe. I don't That was Savage. The Savages dominated that, and then... There was a loaded boot spot where Silvio got thrown out by the ref and Andrews rolled up troop. Yeah, and it didn't make any sense. Not really, no. It's like you, your guys are doing well. Why are you loading the boot throwing or whatever he was trying to do? It made no right. sense. So uh, it wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't necessarily a good match either because, like you said, it was it was a match. It, well, it was one team dominating and then somehow the other team won. Which, if you have one of those in a card, okay. But we'll see. That's not the only time that happened tonight. On all the right. matches on the card, it was one of them. <laughs> exactly. So was this one. Was oh, my God. Versus Gags the Gimp. And Can I get us to monetize and tell you what I really think about it? No. 
No, I was going to say yes. No. We, we want, Somebody get the coat hanger. Jay, Jay needs the money for his rehab. So, That's right. So we can't. Ixnay on the Ehab Ray. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. We're not supposed to talk about that. Where, where do I get an Ehab Ray? They're out there. You can pick one up secondhand from eBay. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, we had a Gimp versus uh, Sal. And. The best part about Sal is the face he makes during the uh, Pretty Empowered promo that Jay likes to put up. I know. And it was everything you thought the match would be, which was bad. And Gags win. Gags win. Gags win. And then you have the worst kept secret that night that the bag that Judas was holding had the clippers, which was apparently they ran down to Walmart before the show and looked for the cheapest pair of clippers they could possibly find. When will pro wrestling learn? Like I I am convinced that the reason that Sal takes the, the clippers from him and starts doing it himself wasn't because, oh, I'll look crazy. It was just like, you're scalping me with these. Yeah. You're, you're killing me. Either they use the cheap ones or they use the ones that take off the, the wool off a sheep. No, that they were the cheap ones where you kept trying. Well, first of all, Sal's got his hair all knotted and done. I just meant wrestling. In wrestling, they either give you the cheapest, crappiest oh. ones possible, or they use the ones that they use to take uh, the wool off a of sheep. We could have used the ones that took wool off sheep. No, these were the cheap, crap ones. And which they barely got any hair off of them. I think they got rid of one, maybe two of his little ponytail things. And then they were supposed to kiss the giant's feet and they leave instead. And I was that was my happiest moment because they left. That may have been my happiest moment in the whole pay-per-view because that was the high spot. Yeah, that may have been the high spot of the night. And so it'll be interesting to see what they do with Sal if they if he has a shaved head now or not. I, I was yeah. like, I was I was reading the same thing that Jay was reading, which was find a way for them both to lose. <laughs> Yeah, apparently his hair is totally gone, according to reports on the scene. Uh, so, well, good. That's that's good. They announced the Crockett Cup for June at that point, which they were like, oh, now now we see our first tag team, basically. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. So we figured out why Gags and Sal are still together because you know someone's got to lose in the first round of the tournament. Where is the Crockett Cup this year? Somewhere out uh, in the Crockett territories. Yeah, North Carolina somewhere. Uh, we had Trevor Murdoch and Mike Knox beat Daisy Kill and Talos in a match that happened. Winston-Salem, says Scoop. There you go. Nothing like a town named after two cigarette companies. <laughs> Uh, yes, you did. And you you didn't did like this match as much as I did, DK. I I thought it was just a nice ass whooping, and and uh, there you go. It wasn't a bad ass whooping. I mean, they 
they fairly well beat the crap out of them. There seemed one moment where Trevor Murdoch got a little annoyed at something. I don't remember what. Probably Billy's booking. Oh, yeah, maybe. But there was one moment where he seemed to get a little annoyed at something. It was kind of stopped for a minute. It was like staring or something to that effect. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know there what was a, a cool. Hmm? I was going to say, there was a spot um, which the announcers are speaking over. It's fairly early on because Mike Knox was on the apron. And he, he yells at, at Trevor, um, we're not getting paid by the hour, boss. Like, just give him the big boot. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and Trevor's like, all right, big boot, spine buster. Let's finish this thing up. So, Yeah, too bad that didn't finish it up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, it was – I mean, look, it wasn't bad, but I just didn't think it was good. And then it was just that – I would. it was an episode of – USA type match. Like I would have expected to have seen this on NWA USA, not well didn't they give it away for free? Uh, uh no. That was actually on the pay-per-view? No, yeah, no, this was on the pre-show. Oh, you're right. This was on the pre-show. You're right. Yeah. Oh, you get no. what you paid for. Yeah. Hey, no velvet. That was good. I'm sorry to hear that she had a a family emergency? She had a sick cat. Was that the family emergency? That's what she said on Twitter. Yeah, her, her cat okay. was... Well, I heard, them, I heard them say something to the effect of uh, if you follow her social media, you'll know what's going on. And of course, I don't follow any of her social media, so I never went and checked. So Maybe it was too dark for Velvet. <laughs> Or maybe it was too too bright. I don't know. Willie's calling for DKM after after dark with Awesome Kong. Ooh. <laughs> I am single. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I I will say this. DK, he didn't mean the lady wrestler. He meant the one of the Colossal Kongs. Hmm. Are that either one of them still alive? A uh, good question. I know one of them's passed. I don't know about the other. Uh, Danny Deals. Actually liked him better than I thought I would. This is, I think, what happened to Trevor. Dave was saying that he looked pissed off about his finger got jammed. That was probably it, yeah. Yeah, I Deals. Remember, I just remember there was a moment where it was just kind of like, I don't know what happened, but he did not look happy, and he just kind of stopped. <laughs> Yeah, before I forget, because it'll the, the chat's pretty active. We'll get we'll get to this, Chris. Uh, there's still no NWA versus AAA footage, but the NWA crew are off to uh, down under with without Camille. She's got dates at Coastal City, I think, um, and some defenses here, so she, she's not going. Yeah, deals was good on commentary. I agree, Pam. Um, but even that during the end of the night. With like, I felt like the energy of the of the announce team went down with uh, the energy of the crowd. I would agree with that, and it was just it was just odd to me uh, that I actually enjoyed because I don't really like any deals. So it was odd to me that I actually enjoyed his commentary, at least in the early parts, especially calling Storm Timmy Thunder. That I don't know why, but that just 
I just enjoyed that. <laughs> I, I, I could just see the look on Tim's face of what? <laughs> that should be my new moniker. I should I should look well, into that. So we're gonna call you. We'll, we'll call you Timmy Thunder now. Timmy Thunder, yeah. All right, Timmy yeah. Thunder. Yeah, great. The worst WCW television show of all time. Thunder. Exactly. Um, Blue says, didn't mind deals anyone but Velvet. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad that we do feel that way, but it's true. Deals was good in the video called Slapped. Yeah, what did the five fingers say to the face? Uh, but he was good. Uh, we also had EC3 versus Sion on the national title. Where of course we had our our lone title change of the event. So, what do you think of that match? Uh, what did I think of that match? Uh, I mean, it had a couple of fun spots. Uh, did you see the warrior bit EC3 did yeah. for uh, five seconds of amusement? That made me laugh. Um, but you know what? I didn't know. Like, and I, you know, maybe the maybe someone like Pam or Scooby can say something, but. I didn't know who to cheer for in this. You know, you can call yourself the overman, but you ain't overman. And, uh, I, you know, EC3 ended up faking a knee blowout and getting a Scion caught in a submission new champ. But I didn't think too much of it. It was there. Like Jaden said, of all the matches of the night, it happened, right? Like, <laughs> it also happened. It was, to me, it was weird in the sense... Like they did the lockup where they were refusing to break. And it was, you know, the first couple times I locked up in big, strong lockups, and that was, I kind of liked that. But then when they kind of did it and they locked up and they wouldn't break and they rolled out on the floor and they wouldn't break, and it's kind of like, okay. We get that Scion's a, a big, strong guy too, but this is EC3's bag. I thought that kind of took him down a notch. Like, Scion, I, I think, is supposed to be big and strong, but a very strong technical wrestler would be his his primary, you know, selling trait. Yeah, and Ollie, neither one of them were that big. So, yeah. bigger, bigger, they probably weigh what I weigh, but not <laughs> in a healthy way, unlike me. Or, or I might outweigh both of them. But, uh, EC3 Pam, Pam said she was bored with Scion. Yeah, I mean, and I can understand that, and I can understand people being bored. What I didn't get was the submission, and maybe I haven't paid enough attention to EC3 matches because I don't really enjoy them. Right. And his big ones, he has had kind of weird finishes too. So I didn't quite get the submission. You know, he was like holding on to the mask and hooking and like spent more time looking at that than actually the submission. And then it was like Scion tapped out of nowhere. I'm like, really? I mean, he didn't even look like he had to hold in properly. Maybe C3 forgot to put deodorant on. Uh, that would at least make sense. James H. Jackson says Scion was a lesser of two evils because Scion's a boring wrestler. Yeah, but see, EC3 hasn't been exciting, though. That's true. I mean, the absolute worst 
match I've seen, which they tried to parody later in the show, was EC3 versus That was just a horribly boring match. And then it ended the way it ended. And I also didn't really get the title change because they had been teasing EC3 going after the world's title with Tyrus. And, you know, you can do the national title jump to the world's title bit, but we haven't really traditionally been doing that in the Lightning One era. Well, and then the next thing is... The next thing is they put Thrill Billy over in the in the Battle Royal. And which we'll talk about in a minute, but Thrill Billy versus E3 EC3 does not excite me. I would actually rather see Thrill Billy versus Sion. Which is the right. only thing I want Sion to maintain the title. Right. And then my other thing is I don't really know that they would let Thrill Billy beat EC3 for the title. And we'll see he's kind of done something with the title that's kind of gone against what he's done recently with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that was that was that match. So, like I said, our one title change. And then we got our next title match. So what do you think of the women's tag team title match? Well, let me let me ask Jaden first, just a, a question I, I, I want to know. If would you put with Tyrus being your champion right now, would you put the world's title on EC3? The way he is basically on your on your description, probably not. If it was the EC3 that I've seen at his peak, yes, I think so. But apparently he hasn't been anywhere near that level based on what you guys have been talking about and what Jay was talking about previously. So if honestly the champion should be the wrestler everybody wants to see. It could be the big name. It could be the best wrestler. Sometimes it's a combination of both. But I don't know with the way it's, if the way they've been promoting EC three, the the build up's okay, but his actual in ring hasn't been up to par barely. Yeah, I mean he, he still looks great. He just looks older. Um, Happens to all of us. It does. What what did I think you asked DK of the uh, Pretty Empowered versus Miss and Maddie match? Uh, I thought, and, and again, it's. <laughs> I feel like I, 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 I don't know if it's the lighting of the production, the venue, the stream that makes me just kind of say it happened. You know, um, it was a, it was a decent back and forth match. I had a couple of good spots in it, I guess, but uh, in the end, uh, there's a kick fillet uh, for the win by. Um, M95, they're called now. Uh, Scooby explained oh. this to me that they're both born in 1995 and Miss and Maddie. So it's probably why they're M95. Sure. Sure. Can you be two M95? Sure. Um, M to the second power 95? M squared 95? Yeah, I guess. I... Windows 95? Lewis said for uh, EC3, recruiting BS artist would be a, like a boring world's champion. Um, yeah, he's not good. He's not as good at being Raven as Raven was. 
Yeah, that's this is true. Hey, Rick, nice to see you, my friend. Um, Chris asks, um, do we do Bully versus Tyrus finally, or we just hope that they get Latimer right finally? I mean, I have no – here's the problem. I have no interest in Bully Ray. Mm-hmm. And the first person that says or posts in the chat or whatever, oh, a bully can still go or bully can still outwork most of them or whatever. No. He's stiff. He doesn't move much better than Tyrus does. It would be bad. You're yelling at someone who hasn't said anything yet. (laughs) I'm just warning everybody before they tell me before they start telling me how oh you know well bully's not you know bully's got a name bully can still go no he's he's in the same league with tyrus he might be slightly better than tyrus but i even question that to an extent it's kind of what i call preemptive cloud yelling yeah um old man yells at clouds right Chris Adonis rematch, Pam says, which the NWA, at least on social media, seems to be suggesting is going to happen uh, on Twitter today. They're like, oh, it's not over between these two after that finish, which we'll talk about in a bit. Maybe Adonis would win the world title, and then we'll get EC3 versus Tyrus for the national. Is that what it is? National? Yeah, yeah national. And then Tyrus could be a triple crown champion. You can get one of those special belts made like Cahagas did, right? Yes. <laughs> um, drink enough for all that. It, it happened that tag match, uh, and then and then Yabo versus uh, Kratos also. Um, oh God, Willie! If Hollywood did a reboot of the Blob, they've got their star. That's according really to Mr. Bull. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. Um, the the debut of Yabo. What did you think of the debut of Yabo the Clown? Uh, Jeremy's favorite wrestler. Let me see. Yabo the Clown got his ass beat by Kratos almost the entire match. And then lost convincingly. And apparently from what I leaned off a little bit when I was listening to the announcers is Yabo's a local person? Yeah. So, so they brought a local person in and then, uh, you know, like Little Blue Dragon them. That's right. Tootie uh, Lynn, yeah. Yeah. Kind of made it sound like they were an important person and then just, you know, beat them convincingly. He's right. also got a brother, apparently, that he may be tagging with uh, potentially at Crockett Cup. Yabo and Cabo? Yabo and Rough Crossing. Of course. What else would his brother be named? Of course. Yeah, it's just it's clear. And apparently he used to spend too much time watching uh, In Loving Color and he thought he was homie the clown, but he kept right. using his tie as a slapjack. So yeah. homie don't play that. That's right. Uh, I think the story that was being told for the future was that Yabo t- can take a lot of punishment and he keeps coming back even if you beat him stupid. Yeah, so did the Mulkies. Right. Uh, uh, 
it's always great to know that your selling point is that you can get your ass kicked. That's right. Um, That's why James, people go to see Daredevil Dave Dahl in action. No, they go to because they want to see him get his ass kicked. Yes. There's there's a difference. And don't cheer for him. Ladies keep mad at that. Apparently so. I've, I've heard rumors that Jay almost got beat up for cheering for him. I was going to say, he was Jay was hilarious. He was sitting right because we were right in that, in that corner where um, – uh, the minion and doll and uh, dad bod, right? We're uh, dad bod, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're all we're in that corner, and Jay was just front row, top of his lungs. Yeah, uh, Dave Dawes, my favorite sports entertainer. I mean, there are these people, people just a few seats over going, Is he fucking cheering for Dave uh, it was good. It was a knife that I got worried. No. Uh, <laughs> the only people that cheer for Dave Dahl is when the taco truck rides by or the Mr. Softy truck. <laughs> I know uh, here's one of my uh, Tyrus jokes on Dave Dahl, but still. Hey, it's there's a, there's a lot to go around. James H. Jackson. I didn't buy the pay-per-view because this on the same night, at the same time they had Dungeon Wrestling pay-per-view with the main event of Nick Aldis versus Dirty Dango for the Stu Hart Heritage World title, title. World title, title. Yeah, uh, that actually the world heavyweight championship of the world. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Nick Aldis is coming here to Texas to challenge for some new promotions world belt here in Texas. He's, I guess, it's a vacant title, and it's going to be him and Tim Storm for the championship. Yeah, I saw that again. That was old three years ago. So maybe Tim will actually finally get his revenge. Yes, I will. Timmy Thunder, you're coming down. Timmy Thunder, baby. Timmy Thunder, you're going to come down like the gods. <laughs> to completely get us off of this, by the way, Awesome Kong was dead, but Crusher Kong, a.k.a. King Kong, is still kicking. Oh, okay. Awesome Kong is is not with us. No, uh, the the WCW Colossal Kong version. Oh, 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 right, got it. Died of a massive heart attack at fifty seven. And Ooh. they're actually from this area. Mm. So got their starting global. All right, let's go into the back half of this. Talk a little bit more deeper. Damn, uh, I was hoping we could convince you not to. After all, no, <laughs> no, we're not going to. We're going to do this. You're as bad as Jay. I am hitting for the cycle this week, my friend. I'm going to get this thing done. <laughs> by hooker, by crook. The Bob oh, Luce. You got a hooker? I, I admit nothing. My wife and all of her friends are upstairs. What would um, Luce does do with her? Yeah. I, mm, <laughs> I have that book here. It's a hell of a book. Um, the Bob Luce Memorial Battle Royal, which... You know, and this is, I think, a good example of why this pay-per-view didn't seem like much more than, or any more, really, than an indie show. Why wouldn't you have a nice little video package of Bob Luce and explain to everyone who he was, rather than just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm overstating it, but, you know, I used to promote here. Here's your 20 men, you know. I I thought there could have been more of a, of a professional package that had been, they could put up on the screen for this. Probably because if you've ever seen Bob Luson, yes, I know he was a local icon in the area, but anybody who doesn't know he is Saul will not in any way, shape, or form make you want to watch that match. Right. 
Murder <laughs> Ape. Death Kill. You know, there is nom, nom, thing. nom, nom, nom. There is one thing about this Battle Royal that I really want to know. I mean, they made me ask a question that I really need the answer to. I really want to know. I need the explanation. So people who, you know, have uh, deep knowledge and understanding and maybe behind the scenes uh, uh, info. How the F does a person get eliminated before the match starts? <laughs> there is actually a rule where if you do not get in the ring at a certain time, you're technically eliminated. But it's a rule that is actually forgotten more than it's ever been enforced. No, that's not what happened. Um, okay. They had everybody come to the ring. They had not rung the bell. They had not started. They were all just standing there. And then I don't know if somebody thought they heard something or what happened. But the next thing you know, I don't remember who did it. Someone sends Jordan uh, Clearwater. Clearwater over the top rope. And then the referee, the, the wrestlers start like moving, trying to figure out what's going on. And then the referee calls for the bell and the outside referees are telling Jordan Clearwater that he's eliminated and he's going, how can I be eliminated if the match hadn't started? And we're all saying the same thing. And so, so for polka dot Pam and Scooby Dooby Doo and everybody else that was there, what the hell? I didn't get it either. Wasn't somebody also hit by a chain before it started? I, it, it was really weird. The whole thing was was a, a battle rose or a mess. Like I just, you know, I usually kind of try to take notes on my phone if I'm watching just a little. Oh, I like this. I like that. I just put it down because there's twenty odd guys in in the in the ring here, and right off the bat, when Clearwater went out and he's like, "What do you mean I'm out?" and they're like, "Get to the back." And then the bell went. I was just, okay, phone down. I don't need to take notes here. And they eliminated a lot of people and a lot of people quickly. And Yeah. You couldn't uh, even keep keep up with it. And it was just, it was very, very sloppy and very, very messy. So anyway, getting back to you, Jaden, explain to me, Jaden Ape Kong, what... How does someone get eliminated before the battle royal starts? Bad booking. Okay. And was also confused. There, there, there was a, you know, so like Rolando did well as as well in this battle royal, and I and it should have been I thought from the first second pick him up, toss him out. This is silly. Yeah, he should have been the first elimination. Yeah. Okay. So. But just to get back to that one thing, that's and I'll drop it with this. Was it a screw up or was it planned? I bet you, by the way you described it, I bet you was planned. <laughs> Badly planned. I will not, if someone came out and said, yeah, that's what the plan was, I would not be surprised. But if someone come just said, no, like there was a miscue and somebody thought it started. 
I would not be surprised. <laughs> Our buddy Lou is savage. Never accused the NWA of passing up an opportunity to look Bush League. He, and also, Bully is stealing an extra five years of career pimping that whole table. <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong, Mr. Lou. I have yeah. a question, though. Was that Battle Royal where the table's not legal? I've heard uh, no yeah, well, that's no table I, match. Yes, I will yeah. give you credit since uh, Tyrus wasn't in this one. It was an actual over-the-top rope standard battle royal, not their bullshit. Oh, sorry, not their BS uh, NWA rule battle royal, where you just had to yeah. touch touch the feet to the bottom and or pin them. Pam says they didn't get it in the room either. They didn't understand. Why that happened, but you had Rolando eliminating uh, Jay Bradley. Um, you had uh, Fodder eliminating R Rolando. You had Mason Thrillbilly eliminating Fodder, and I believe your final four were Homicide, um, Eric Jackson. That's his name. It's Eric Jackson, right? Right. Uh, the Thrillbilly and Odinson. And there there was also, like, there was a spot where, uh, you know, Jackson Jackson had a, had a pretty good showing in this match. I mean, he he's right down near the end here. And, you know, he, he comes off the being in that main event from the week or two pr previous with Tyrus as his partner. Um, but he eliminates Homicide. He is eliminated by Odinson, and then Poyle gets up on the apron, and she gets that mist, the silver mist, in the uh, in the in the face, and she goes down on kind of right, and she's she's on all fours, and I think there was a mist spot here, which yeah. which which what must have been difficult to pull off to begin with but um what uh thrillbilly takes the pounce from odinson he's down he gets chucked and he's supposed to land on poyo so that he's not touching the floor because poyo's down and going oh my feet his right you're supposed to land on her and right. she adjusted where she was right and 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 maybe skin the pack the cat and come back in it didn't quite work out that way uh but they played it like it did. Oh, did he just use Poyo to stay in? Well, he didn't, but he was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I, I don't think there was ever any contact between them. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I, I mean, not even a little, where you could kind of do that. It was just kind of. And you know, look, I'm not going to hold that against anybody. Shit happens. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it, was, it would be hard to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't going to be the easiest, especially for somebody as biggest throwbilly coming to, off. to no one's surprise throwbilly tosses out Odinson and wins the whole thing um and i don't think anyone that i know really picked anybody else different to win so he gets a shot at the national title uh down the road james h jackson says i'm pretty impressed with eric jackson for the time he'll be a good wrestler in the nwa he's he has got a body like you know to to, to kill for like he's got a massively thick chest he's in fantastic shape um, i already built just like james h jackson <laughs> what do you say james 
<laughs> Are they related? Uh, hmm. You ever seen them in the same place twice at the same time? No, actually, I actually never have. No, that's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Was he making fun of Tyrus? It's possible. Uh, yeah, we'd all love to see an actual NWA rule book to get clarification. Uh, uh, I have an old one, but hey. <laughs> I miss when they gave it out as part of the NWA fan club. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder. I would pay you money for that old rule book, DK. Well, I have it somewhere. I would like to know if they have anything in there like tags have to be hand-to-hand -hand rather than just I tap you on the head as you go by. You can actually, <clears throat> if you search online, you can actually find some older copies online. So. Stop taking uh, Willie's Tyrus jokes. Uh, I make up my own Tyrus jokes there, Willie Bowen. <laughs> I don't use anybody else's material. I'm all 100% original. What, so what did you think of the Battle Royal, DK? Out of all the Battle Royals DK scene, that was the last one. Uh, it was, I think it would have been all right for what it was if the beginning hadn't been so confusing. I was a little bit surprised by who some of their final people were, especially Rolando being in there as long as he was. And... Uh, Yeah, I mean, we all knew Thoroughbilly would win. He was the one that needed to win. He did win. They did the right thing on that particular thing. It, it wasn't a spectacular battle royal, but... What, the spectaculars weren't in there? No. Well, I, maybe, actually. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I think they were. Were they? Well, it makes it a spectacular battle royal. All three of them were in there, hey, right? There you go. Uh, yeah, they were there. Uh, yeah. So, huh. anyway, it was... Oh, yeah, that's right. Rolando won mid. What's his name? Yeah, uh, Brady and uh, 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 boy, I'm terrible. I am terrible. Brady and Marsha. Who? Brady and what, Peter. What? Uh, uh, Freeman. Rush Freeman. God. <laughs> the now was there. I was happy to see the now. The when? The the who? Oh, I love that band. They were great. Um, all right. Well, again, I kind of it was it happened, and you know, it was kind of like this pay per view, like it just sort of happened. We get Kenzie Page, and I know it's going to be the ending of your favorite match of the night, DKM. Kenzie Page versus Max the Impaler for the inaugural 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 women's television championship. Uh, which you know, I, I basically this was right off the bat. They say there's a trophy. There's, there's no belt. The the winner will actually get to design the belt. Help design, yes. Help design. Uh, you know, this one essentially was, maybe want Max to win then because I go, ooh, <laughs> that would <right>. be interesting. <laughs> What it dead was, animals can we put on that? Yeah, hmm. um, hey. it was it was a it was basically all Max for for most of this thing, and that was the uh, the story. But I, again, you got to 
root for Kenzie Page as a face here when she isn't one. Um, and you know, like it, she she ends up kicking out of the uh, Kenzie does out of the Welcome to the Wasteland, and um, and while Max is kind of crushing her throughout this match. Which, by the way, just kills that finisher, by the way, now. It does. Samantha Starr and Kylie. Kylie, I get, I guess, why she would inter intervene. I don't know why Samantha Starr uh, was there. But they both get crunched by Max. And while she's distracted, when there's a chair in the, in the ring, uh, Kenzie uh, hits a cutter on Max and pins her. Pins them. Let's, let's explain this a little bit here. Yeah. So... The entire match is 250-plus pound max beating up 112-pound Kenzie. Right. And at one point, Kenzie kicks out of her finisher, which was stupid. And then at another point, Max has her beat but doesn't pin her. And then another point, she pins her, but pulls her up at two. And your own damn fault. And, well, that was, you know, been around wrestling long enough to where you, nothing's new anymore. I've seen this a few times in my life. And so that's First when time I saw it was David and Goliath, right? Right. So that's when Samantha Starr comes out. Now, Kenzie brings in a in a chair earlier. But she doesn't use it, and she drops it on the on the mat. Now the referee, who always kicks the foreign objects out of the ring once they're not being used, somehow decides not to take this chair out of the ring and just leave it there. Wow, wonder what's going to happen. And so. So Samantha Starr comes out and she gets in the ring because she's like there to like stop the match. You know, hey, you know, this is ridiculous. You just need to stop the match, blah, blah, blah. And so Max, you know, impels her or something. I don't remember. Beats her up. So then, you know, Kylie, the sister, who it makes sense for her to come out in a way, you know, she comes out and gets pushed, punch something. I don't, again, I don't really remember. And so now the referee's like pushing those two out of the ring or something, you know, trying to get them out. And commentary is having to explain to us the reason there hasn't been a disqualification is because they didn't actually touch Max. Max touched them. Okay. And so while all that's going on and the referee's distracted with the two women who are in the ring that shouldn't be in the ring, and then Kenzie out of nowhere. Becomes Randy Orton, hits her Kenzie Cutter on Max, on the chair, rolls Max over. The referee's turn, he, he heard the noise, so he turned around, again, ignoring the fact that there's a chair in the middle of the ring and we don't know what's happened. And he counts three. And then right after he counts three, Max basically gets up. Like she was, she was only stunned for five seconds because it took the ref about two to get over there. But it was long enough to end this match. And so the lovely Kenzie Page gets one of the cheapest looking trophies I've ever seen in my entire life. 
I agree. I swear to God, someone went to a shop down yeah. there in, that day and said, I, I'll take that one. Yeah, and can you put this plate on it? Yeah. And uh, just absolutely horrible. And so I guess the rumor is that Dave Milliken was supposed to be making the belt. But, you know, Dave's 10 years behind on other people's belts. So at least <laughs> I've heard up to 12. And but so also that he he does do jobs, uh, they say, for, you know, big ass and, and big companies. Yeah. Uh, puts them to the front of the line and a line that hasn't moved in, like you say, a decade. Well, not only that, but he'll randomly finish somebody's belt, but not in any particular order. Right. So somebody could be waiting 10 years for a belt and somebody could be waiting seven years for a belt. And the one that's been waiting seven years will get their belt. And it's like he just peppers enough through that people are scared of taking legal action against him. Although I have heard that you do have a tendency to move up to the front of the line. If you do get a lawyer, just send a friendly letter. So if any of you out there are owed belts by Dave, take that into consideration. Well, there are people in the, in the, you know, the real belt game who have said things like, I put in an order uh, two and a half presidents ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. Like, I've handed some guy, in some cases, I would imagine 10 grand to, uh, you know, to, to make one of these things. And and here we are. He's like, He's been very nice to me in the peripheral kind of the very few, hey, can I use your photos? kind of thing but my goodness if if he's making a belt for this company then not only as carlton says they should have had a belt ready for the champion that's an nwh fault though um but what about like they well, don't have do a business history. with somebody like that <laughs> yeah they don't really have a history of providing millican uh uh, Reggie Parks quality stuff, uh, Rico Man quality stuff, belts. You know they they've used they have used Millican. I remember the TV title when it was first brought brought out. They used a Millican uh, version for that for a little while, and then started using a replica. So why would they be waiting? Why would they be spending the money for the second tier title? Like why wouldn't it be a fan do? I don't know. Hey, you want to hear something funny? Because we were talking about NWA rules. In 1975, their rule book was one page and makes no mention of tag teams. And wow. for, those, for those that don't know, uh, Sam Munich hated tag teams. Once he's an ashtray from the lobby as a trophy. I can believe that. But uh, yeah, Munich, in fact, he used to not want the title defended on any card that had any world tag team champion. This this back when every promotion basically had their own world tag team titles. And he wouldn't let the title be defended if they were going to have their world tag team title on it. And 
Right. You know, and, and Carlton says, what in the world? Billy's worth $50 million. Well, whatever he's worth, regardless. It's probably significant. You mean to tell me he couldn't have a belt ready? I, You know, if you went to a guy uh, like a Dan Van Alst, right, who's made some NWA titles, like for, for Lightning One, he made the Burke, he made the tag team titles, he made the national title. If, if you went to him and you just said, you know, give me something, I want it to look like this, I bet you he could have it have had it ready for you in four to six months at most. Um, I would think so. I don't know. I don't see the value in spending that kind of money for that kind of uh, title at this particular. You know. Anyway, it, it was a it was a failure. The title was terrible. The the trophy was terrible. The trophy was terrible. The weird thing about the match is, I said somewhere I go. It's the only way it could be booked. I mean, it, you didn't really have a choice unless you do some of that WWE, AEW shit where the little guy is tossing around, you know, the big guy for in no way that looks any bit realistic. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Alonzo, Joe Alonzo challenging Kerry Martin for the World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I felt like Joe Galley gave away the winner here right off the bat when he was saying, you know, Kerry's going to be defending this on this date and this time and place down the road. Uh, oh, you know, assuming he wins tonight, I mean, assuming he wins. <laughs> no, okay. Um, this one was uh, pretty even at the start, a lot of finish. There's counted, countered, uh, you know, Kerry has kind of slowly been turning a bit, you know, to the heel side. He's getting some arrogance, uh, a little bit more like he is in GCW. Uh, he's doing push-ups in the ring when, when Joe Alonzo is down on the, on the mat. Um, there was a bit where Kerry got tossed out and Ricky got spat on by Joe Alonzo, who's, for a young guy, I think a, a fairly becoming a fairly decent um, heat magnet for some of this stuff. I mean, you spit on Ricky Morton, the crowd's gonna gonna turn on you. Um, but it was a serviceable match, right? Uh, there was a kiss it goodbye, that knee strike by Carey for a two count. Um, there was what else was there? I'm trying to remember. Uh, there was a Stanley and, and Ricky got into it on Jamie Stanley, who's Joe Alonzo's manager, got into it on the outside. Nice springboard cutter at one point by Alonzo in, in the middle. But, you know, Kerry gets cocky. He's caught off the second rope. And then again, we have one of those kick out of my finisher spots as Joe Alonzo delivers the roll of the dice, gets a two count. And then oddly, it was like maybe a three. Even the announced team commented on it. Like, was that – did he get him? Was that a three? Does it look like a three? Um, and Alonzo ends up eating another kiss it again, and uh, Kerry hits that sort of – I don't know what you would call it, DK, that showstopper. It's sort of a clothesline, inverted DDT kind of combo, or a reverse bulldog maybe you might say. Uh, elbow drop, yes. You don't, don't forget that. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's all it is, just a standing elbow drop across the neck. But um, 
I don't know, Kerry offers his hand at the end, and Alonzo just kind of turns and gives the one-fingered salute to he and Ricky, and that's it. What did you think? A little bit. It's the theme for the night. It was there. A little bit sloppy, better than probably most of the matches on there. Uh, I wouldn't call it the best match, but it at least a little bit of drama. Carrie getting a little bit heelish. And oddly, uh, Ricky kind of being okay with it. It'd be interesting if they flipped them both heel. I, I think I might actually enjoy that more than uh, another Ray Dominic type situation. So, What's Alexandra York doing right now? <laughs> uh, nobody knows. There is a bit uh, I'm trying to think. Was it on Power that followed, or, or was it later in this show? I, I think it was in, on Power, where you know Kerry's doing his uh, Ricky Bobby. You know, I piss excellence. I wake up in the morning. I piss excellence. Kind of you know bit. And Ricky comes on and says, basically, stay humble and don't get into your own you know fame and. He's like, yeah, it's just my dad. So I don't know if they're going to go that way or not. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know what they're actually planning on doing. But for me, it would make a lot more sense to turn them both than it would be to just turn one. So going back to Kenzie's match. Carlton says it was good for her in the NWA for good business. She's really popular in the South. The only problem is Billy didn't have the belt for her. Well, and there was a little bit of this. Again, it was a heel versus heel match. I don't think anybody would be overly disappointed if Max had won. You might go, oh, I was hoping it'd be Kenzie, but I can, you know, it's okay with Max. And there is a there is a lack of there's a lack of community with the wrestlers of investment emotional investment i mean we were talking earlier about dave doll and jay cheering for him and the fans they're going this guy what you know you know, what's wrong with him? You know, they, everybody hates Dave Dahl. So, Only the people that have met him or saw him and wrestled. Exactly. But that's an emotional investment. It's an emotional investment when you're turning, when you don't get why somebody would be cheering him. I mean, literally. And so there's that want. You know, I used to say about Tully Blanchard, I go, I hated Tully Blanchard. I hated Tully Blanchard. I didn't understand why Tully Blanchard was a thing, why Tully Blanchard was given titles, why Tully Blanchard moved into, you know, a main event group like the thing. I hated him. And it wasn't until years after he was retiring gone, I go, oh, I was supposed to feel that way about him. That was Buddy Roberts. I couldn't understand why he was why the Freebirds weren't. He was always getting beat up. He was always losing, and then I couldn't understand. You know why would they want the Freebirds want him around? Because he was losing them all the time. But then I realized that was his job. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Kevin Von Eric, Kevin Von Eric put it best. He goes, Buddy Roberts was there to get beat up, and Buddy Roberts was was very good and very willing to play his part. He didn't want you to go light on him. In Texas, working light is bad. Yeah. And that's because the that's because the uh Von Erich went down to do work shoots. Yeah, okay. What is it what's the phrase Jim Cornett used? A friendly street fight? Yeah. <laughs> Even one man gang one time when they're talking about asking about people who he had a hard time wrestling or whatever or didn't necessarily want to be in the ring with. I don't even remember who the second person was, but with both of them, he said he had a lot of respect for them, you know, and everything like that. But he said when it came to Kevin Von Erich, he goes, you never knew where that guy was coming from. You never knew where he was coming from. He never knew what he was going to do. And you knew when you had been in the ring with them. And uh, I've said this before on the show with Kevin, they used to say, as his memory started going, as he got older in the ring, all those concussions and probably drugs and everything else, they go, sometimes he'd get down to the ring and he would ask the referee, he goes, what's the end again? You know, you know, how are we ending this? And the rest would just tell him sunset flip. And the reason they told him sunset flip was because if they didn't get a chance to tell the other guy, they didn't worry about it because when Kevin pinned you, you were pinned. And so if he sunset flipped you and had you down to be pinned, the other guy wasn't going to kick out, <laughs> whether they knew or not. Right. So, hey, uh, Scoob says, I'd love to see Max break the trophy and keep it as part of the souvenir. That, that's what trophies are for in wrestling, right? Yes. Kind of like the Andre the Giant one. Right. It, it, they had to have had more trophies than they've had uh, trophy winners. That's true. Uh, Lou says, I'd like to have Max win and wear an actual old TV to the ring until the belt was ready. Rabbit ears and all. <laughs> I think, you know, an old 13-inch black and white TV on a strap. <laughs> oh, oh, Lou. I have a feeling Dave Dahl is going to steal that idea. That could happen. He's got flag bearers, Dave Dahl, though. Yes. All right, I, I found it. A 1982 NWA rule book. Oh, goodness. So, this is online. So, uh, here you go. Here are your tag team rule that you were talking about. Wrestlers on the same team can exchange places in the ring only after a legal tag has been accomplished. This must consist of a wrestler inside the perimeter of the ring ropes using one of his hands to make physical contact with one of the hands of his partner outside the perimeter of the ring, who shall be in a standing position within arm's length of his own corner with both feet on the mat and one arm over the top rope. Well, that never happened. <laughs> a, a tag out shall not be allowed if the wrestler on the outside of the ring is not appropriately positioned. I want every Rock and Roll Express match ever where Ricky makes a diving hot tag to be wiped from the, the record book. <laughs> that, that never happened. 
Well, he doesn't have – no, the guy inside doesn't have to be standing. The guy outside does. Well, that's what I mean. If Ricky's diving or crawling, he's not standing. No, that's what I'm saying. The guy in the ring yeah. doesn't have to stand. Only the guy outside. Oh, I mis okay, I misunderstood. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Someone needs to tell every wrestling company in existence. I uh, I nominate Jaden. I nominate Jaden too. Jaden, does uh, Doctor C enforce that rule? He's gone. He's uh, Jaden's he's, he's on left he, us. He may have abandoned us. Sorry, I had a hairball in my throat. Yeah, and Doctor Z also makes sure that tries to make sure there's tag ropes also. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so yeah, there's that hairball again. Um, what do we got? We get Tay. It's uh, Tom Latimer, your television champion in a non-title match with his his good close personal friend Bully Ray as the uh, the opponent here. Uh, Billy Bully, I keep saying Billy Ray. It's a completely different person. Bully Ray. Don't break my back, my achy breaky back. Yeah. Might have been more entertaining. Um, he did say earlier in the in the show, he had a, a promo, Bully Ray, where he had said, you know, Tom has all of the potential in the world, but he's never made it. And he'll, he's never be world champion because he lets himself explode mentally, and he's going to make him do that tonight. This was DKM's absolute favorite match of the night um, because any match that ends with somebody grabbing a microphone <laughs> – I believe you said yesterday in the stream is an automatic F minus. <laughs> uh, but yeah. especially when they did the same thing at the exact same thing, except for EC3 talked longer. Right. Um, Hard times. So uh, apparently, you're not allowed to have a match with a with Tom Latimer if you're another top guy. And not, you know, get mad at Tom for not punching or hitting you with a belt or whatever happened. Hey, people who were there, what happened? Yeah, let me say when the stream started glitching. That's right. This the story here being told was that they're having an exhibition match, and you know they start off, they shake hands. There's clean break exchanges in the corner. They're aggressive towards each other. You know, that's that's who they are until Bully kind of go like during a break goes, gives Tom one of those. And then um, you know, Tom ends up returning it. Uh, they actually do, to their credit, they do wrestle for a little bit, uh, which you don't expect given who Bully Ray is. There was an actual standing moonsault by Tom uh off the off the top rope. Uh, into Bully that got him frustrated. Bully went out and got the TV title. And he came back in and said, if this had, match had been for this, and by the way, this match has already gone longer than six minutes at this point, I would have already beaten you for this. And Tom rips it away, and Bully starts saying, hit me, hit me with it. Everybody shut up. Tom hit me with the title. And then my feet died. And I never saw actually if Tom actually hit him or not in the aftermath 
or I should say the afterbirth of watching and piecing together the splicey feed bits. It looked like he probably did, and that Bully won this match by disqualification, proving that he can get in Tom's head. Yeah, there was something weird. I I never heard an official decision. I don't know what actually happened. Behavior, Pam. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. It it was bad. It was stupid. Stop making people pay money to see this BS. I know, Jaden. You've never been as high on Tom Latimer as some people have. Um. But, yeah, I keep off the drugs. Yeah, and this isn't gonna this isn't gonna make you <laughs> want to see Tom Latimer. No. And honestly, if the maybe the best way to describe this pay-per-view is that it wouldn't want it wouldn't make you want to watch more of the NWA. Well, that, that's pretty much most of what I watched of the NWA in the last two years. But their pay-per-views, man, have have, have I think you can we could say across the board almost. Except I agree with Jay. There's one back from the attack that wasn't great. And then there's this one. They've all been pretty good. See, the last two that I watched were when Murdoch won the belt in the women's pay-per-view. And I haven't tried to watch anything since because nothing else at all has interest. I mean, it's honestly just gone downhill. I actually think it was probably the before gags, maybe. I don't know. But um, I don't. It just I'm glad I don't watch it. <laughs> What did you think of Empower over a year ago, I think, now? It's been well over a year, hasn't it? And I actually yeah. enjoyed that paper. I found that night one was better than night two. And while there was some stuff I enjoyed for night two, I found that way better. I thought it was good, too. I uh, I liked it. Um, but for this, I don't know what we were supposed to get out of this. Stream, a stream aside, I don't know what this was for, and it didn't, it didn't advance any kind of beef. You know, for me, I, I didn't even really get what the beef was about. DK? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I never understood why they put the match in there. It was one of those that kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, Bully's going to face Tom. Okay. Oh. Yeah, then, Pam, sorry, Pam says Tom started beating Bully in the corner and refused to stop, which caused the DQ. Okay. That was even more lame. So he was DQ'd, but not DQ'd for hitting him with the belt. Hey, James, uh, niece in a bad car accident. All, all the best, best wishes to, to her and your family. Good luck. Sorry to hear that. Hope it all turns out well. But yeah, I, I did not I, I did not get why this happened, right? Like I what was going on in this match. Uh, La Rebellion. Just move along. <laughs> I, I saw two minutes of it. Yeah, me too. The fee completely died. It looked like blunt force trauma interfered to some degree. And I, I heard from the bits that I got that there was some miscommunication on a couple of uh, times from Magnum Muscle for Draper and Mims. Um, you got matching gear now. That's nice. Uh, but La Rebellion, backstabber move that they hit about, you know, once out of every 10 times for the uh, the win on over Mims. So are, are you saying there was dissension between um, 
magnum muscle because we all know that you know Billy would never book a tag team to have dissension with him, would he? I mean, that, that he would never do that. I I don't know if it was, and again, I'll, I'll ask I'll ask Pan or, or Pam or Scooby. Was it like part of the story that they were, uh, you know, they up oh, they hadn't clicked as a tag team, and this is, or was it just they didn't click as a tag team? Um, I don't know. I I do know that. Uh, Matt Matthew Mims and Dak Draper don't seem like a fantastically click combo to me to begin with, but they just keep beating Mims and they just keep beating Mims more and more. And I, I've never seen anybody in this company in, in well in quite a while who needs a more of an overhaul than this guy. In He's someone who's gotten organically over, and it's almost it, this seems to be a problem in the big promotions. But people who get organically over seem to get punished. Like, no, that's not what we wanted. Unlike Dave Dahl, when he gets punished, that's exactly what people want. Except for Jay. Poor Dave Dahl. Yeah, Pam's saying it's part of the story that there's some disconnect between them. Well, Crockett Cup's well, coming up. So are we hoping they split up so we can see a few between the two of them? I mean, well, again, I'm sure Billy would never do that. You you might have, have prematurely yesterday uh, um, hit this right on the head when you, you said somewhere, probably in the Discord, that, you know, let's – as we're thinking about who's going to be in the Crockett Cup, let's remember that eight teams need to lose on night one. Exactly. <laughs> right. So that that might be it. Uh, and, and I think we've seen the ones that are going to lose on night one. I mean, you know, we had Gags again. Uh, we had Daisy Kill and whoever. It wouldn't surprise me if they stay together long enough for it. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Savages go out and lose one. <laughs> you know, in the early round, it was just. Poor, poor Dang. He's he's in a tag team that's going nowhere. And poor Troop. You know just, they, can't, they can't pin Dane, so they keep pinning him. I just I, I've never understood this the the com, the tag team with Troop for Dane. Like you know you have Silvio say he's a former world. Well, he actually they don't mention it much anymore. But he's a former world's champion, national champion. Uh, North American champion, actually, for that matter. He has the world tag team titles, and now he wants the U.S. tag team titles. And you're like, but why? Shouldn't he want the TV title? I mean, the singles one. He hasn't held it. He, yeah. On, on this very uh, podcast he, where we interviewed him, he did know that he would be interested in that title. Is there a trophy he could win from, you know, from a gymnastics club? Maybe intergender championship, um, which uh, inevitably is coming now. Maybe you could fight Sabian or Rolando for the midget championship. Mm. Why not? Uh, Do you know that the that the the midgets championship? And I'm using the wrestling term because that's just the name of the title. Um, like, didn't go away 
officially until like 93, something like that. Like it was around a very, very long time in some official, like we still have a lineage uh, uh, way. Do you know why? I do not. It was never an official NWA title they licensed. Mm. It was kind of like the women's title that Mula controlled. Right. It wasn't so much the NWA licensed the name, even though uh, neither Luthez or Sam Munich actually liked women's wrestling. Something else that the world champion wouldn't do, wouldn't appear on cards that had women's wrestling. When you say Munich, do you mean Mushnick? Mushnick, yes. Mushnick, yeah. Um, it's old. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm old. Whatever the right phrase is. For some reason, Munich's. I've been reading too much German. Intergender championship is a bridge too far for Lou if that happens. Me too, buddy. What um, if they bring back Andy Kaufman? He's not dead, you know. Uh, you know, I'd be into I, I'd watch that then. And neither Walt Disney nor Adolf Hitler. So the only the only person who's dead is Paul McCartney. And if you don't know what that's about, Google it. Yep. Look at the album cover. Um, so I don't know. Match, since we didn't actually get to see this one. Uh, well, after a very brief conversation from May Valentine with Chris Adonis, where he tells us he's fired up, he's your next world's champion. You had Camille versus La Rosa Negra for the <laughs> world women's title. Jayden? That match actually gets shown because I haven't seen it. I want to actually watch that. <laughs> Uh, parts of it, it glitched a little bit during it. Yeah, it came. That's when the feed kind of came back in. Was was at uh, at this match? It was a solid match. That I when you know I'm thinking about it and writing some stuff down. Like they shook hands in the beginning of the match. They shook hands at the end of the match. It was very much a I respect the other athlete and I'm going to beat them kind of you know philosophy in this match. Um, La Rosa Negra is great. Uh, she is still got it from, you know, she's flexible. She's, she's fluid. Uh, and I, when I watched this match, I wouldn't put it in my favorite Camille matches of all time because she's had so many, uh, good matches against other opponents like Ty Valkyrie, even Max the Impaler and, um, you know, Chelsea Green comes to mind that were better than this, that this seemed a little bit, um, uh, you know, lackluster while still being, a, I thought, a solid, decent match overall. It ends with Camille pinning her after the spear. Uh, Was it a Styles Clash? Um, there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of like Camille is using power and, you know, like sh they would do sort of the, uh, the collar and elbow and then Rosa would bend backwards and kind of stand on her head. So I just, I don't know if maybe there wasn't, it wasn't the story, uh, wasn't there or if this was a very long evening it, again, part of it's difficult because it, it went so late. The crowd was dying at, in the, within the last couple of matches. It seemed like no one was making any 
you know, efforts to cheer for anybody, it was hard to get into for me. I don't know. DK, what did you think? Here's the problem when you have the top match on so many cards, pay-per-view cards, which Camille has a tendency to do. For me, this was still match of the night. But whereas a normal Camille match is somewhere between an A and an A+, plus, this was like a B+. Plus. Uh, was it a Styles clash? I think there was a little bit of that. But I have a feeling it was... It was intentionally laid out to be a bit of a Styles clash. Uh, you know, as Tim was saying, you know, powerhouse versus the quick wrestler. And I don't want to say it was bad because it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a bad match. It's just not what you normally think of as that show stealer. And as Tim points out, by now the crowd is already kind of dead. You're kind of dead because of the glitching and not knowing and uh, see like I didn't actually see the beginning of the match by the time I got everything restarted and moved in so I didn't even know they shook hands at the beginning so it was it was probably as much atmosphere as anything that kind of drug the match down I think if you do this in front of a hot crowd that had a a lot of hot matches to get them up and bring them back down. And, you know, if psychology had been used in the booking and the laying out of the matches, like it's supposed to be, this probably would have been a, you know, really hot match, but I, there were too many things working against it. Yeah. It, Another part of that I thought was that there was no way that any of us believed that, La Rosa Negra was going to walk out with the title. And again, we kind of had a situation. This wasn't two heels. It was, they were kind of presented as two faces. Yeah. And so you didn't have anybody you could strongly cheer for. Because you, you already knew Camille was going to win the thing. So you're just hoping for a good match. But you don't get us invested when uh, La Rosa Negra you know, makes her comebacks and does her stuff because, you know, you still like Camille. And it's, you know, Billy has a weird booking philosophy from what I gleaned when we had uh, Poyo on. That he just, he wants the crowd to react organically. And it's like, they don't. And then when they do, you don't do anything to follow up on it. Right. I mean, Otison was a heel all throughout his battle with uh, Bully Ray. And then after that, Olsen, he was kind of a face again in the ring. And then during the Battle Royal, he's a heel again. So, you know, go back. We talked about the Freebirds and the Von Erics earlier. You love the Von Erics, you hated the Freebirds. You were invested in it. Totally Blanchard. I was willing to pay money to watch him get his ass kicked. Yeah. That's how bad I hated the dude. And uh, you just don't have that so much 
anymore. You, you don't have these people. Actually, the one channeling, channeling that now, from my understanding, because I don't really watch, is I guess that's where Dominic Mysterio is at now. That people are willing to pay money to see Dominic get his ass kicked. Yeah, you know, in face versus face, heel versus heel, which happens so much throughout the NWA right now, makes it difficult. Like, if you look back at the matches, Markova and Escobar, I don't know. I know Markova's a face. I'm not sure about Escobar. There's not anything for me to, to know there. But she brought out CJ, who was wrong, so she's also a face. Uh you had like Gags and Sal, who were both essentially faces in a heel stable, right? You had EC3 and Scion, who you, I would think, could argue were both heels. Uh, pretty empowered, Miss and Maddie, or are they? I guess I get. I guess they're faces. It's even I, even when yeah, it is like it's, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I think they were a face for that night because they kept bringing up Maddie was from Chicago. And right, she was the one that when the hot tag was made, uh, Missa, yeah, uh, Missa Kate is from Chicago. Chicago sweetheart, yeah, I, I don't Not remember that, but it's Jar Jar Binks' favorite wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I don't they have that already? Uh, oh, this one, yeah, is Billy is Billy simply too busy to perform the wrestling job at hand? I believe so. No, I just. Uh, Alonzo Morton, like Morton seems to be going face or heel, like Alonzo. They're probably, you know, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you don't, you can't get invested in these people for one of two reasons. Either they're, either they change weekly on whether they're a face or a heel, uh, which I understand AEW does a lot too. And then, uh, or they put them in matches with others of the same ilk, and so who do you who do you cheer for? Because you either want both of them to win, or you don't want either one of them to win. And so what ends up happening is you just kind of go, okay. I mean, look, go back and watch those powers with uh, the you know they just ran, I guess, from the Florida tapings. I know Poya said the crowd was kind of dead and. You know, it doesn't take many people to make noise on the TV thing. So occasionally you would hear somebody cheering or clapping or whatever, which are probably family members of the wrestlers that were there off camera. But the fans who are on camera just kind of sat there. They just. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even saying they didn't enjoy the matches or whatever. I mean, you know, nobody was booing or yawning or anything like that. But it was like a Japanese crowd. Yeah. Or Toronto crowd, for that matter. Yeah, you know, they just kind of sat there and occasionally they would give light, you know, polite applause for something. Right. They but another, another part of it back in, in the day was that you could, even if you didn't like Tully Blanchard and he was in a national title match with, I don't know, Megan T.A. or whatever, and you're like, oh, I, don't, I don't, you know, it's getting late, we're getting near the end of this thing, but it's okay because the world's heavyweight title match is coming up and, you know, I'm going to see two of the best wrestlers in the world uh, lock up, uh, you know, over the, the world's title. And, boy, Ric Flair is really going to take it to insert name here. But you couldn't do that here 
because you know after this, it's so late, you're still going to watch Tyrus and Pam makes noise, especially for, I would think, the guy who's who's coming up against Chris Adonis for the World's Heavyweight Championship. Um, you know what? You walk me through this one. You walk me through what you thought of this one and, and how it went for you. Slow, prodding, not enjoyable. Uh, remember how Ric Flair, towards the end of his career, always took those same two bumps? Mm -hmm. You know, the uh, fall face first and then the over-the-top rope, run the rope, jump off, and get nailed. Yep. Tyrus has that. Everybody drop kicks his leg. Jay's here saying hi from the road, and uh, Lou wishes him good luck and recovery. Yes. It's rehab. Rehab. Rehab, yeah. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, I was wondering what happened to my bottle of uh, of Canadian whiskey. <laughs> we don't make tequila up here. Sorry. I'm sorry for that. Yeah. <laughs> We do hold that against you, by the way. Yeah, it's fair. And uh, that's because I mean, in Canada, it'll be tequila. Eh? So, so the main the main concept here, other than Tyrus beating on Adonis and Adonis trying to beat on Tyrus, was basically Adonis was trying to get his master lock in. And what do you do? Try three times, four times, three three times, I believe. Once, you know, where he just. Tyrus just kind of wiggled himself into the ropes. The second time in the turnbuckle, when Adonis climbed it behind him and tried to get it on, maybe it was maybe it was four because there was that one in the center of the ring where Tyrus just powered out. Powered out of it, yeah. Early on, I think there was an early one, and then kind of three towards the end. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah. So he gets on the ropes and right, and then finally, as they're like sitting on the mat, literally sitting on the mat like he would with a kid. Right in front of you, your your legs are open, and then the person sitting in there. So he finally gets his master lock on, and he's turned sideways. And Tyrus looks like he's about to pass out. And then they probably turn from, the other from lack of Tyrus, oxygen. And Tyrus looks like he's about to pass out. And then in one of those, you. You saw this coming. If I had a bigger complaint about this night, I saw way too many of these endings coming. And so then he's like trying to move him back over. And instead of getting turned back over to the other side, Tyrus just lays back and pins him. Yippee Kaye. I mean, I was so excited. I didn't even watch anything else after that. I just turned it off, turned off the light, and went to bed thinking, I can't believe I paid money for this. And the sad thing is, is this still, I mean, we've kind of like trounced this pay-per-view, and it's still better than almost any episode of Power USA. <laughs> Maybe because there was less talking. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, you weren't happy because Tyrus won. This is what Tyrus is what? Second title defense? Third? He defended it last against Cardona. Against Cardona. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so he's held the title since October. And this is his second title defense. He's defending this title less often than he defended the TV title. Well, they have to defend it every 30 days, but it doesn't have to actually be the 30 days on Earth. Whatever planet Tyrus is, that takes them that long to go 30 days around, you know? But they don't have to defend it every any every 30 days, right? Like, that's not, not, a, lightning, anymore, no. not a lightning one rule. You ruined ru- my joke. Yeah, we, we understand your joke. Tyrus is a big, fat planet, and it takes longer for it to rotate to make a day. Yes. That's here on Earth. So... But yeah, it's just. Oh no! I guess it was his third title defense. There was Mexico, and why have we all forgotten about Mexico? Because they forgot about no Mexico. Footage. Because <laughs> yeah, they because they keep telling us we're going to see footage from it, and we haven't yet. Uh, there's something like fifty-one world champions. Uh, Wikipedia is not your friend, so their number's wrong. But Tyrus sits at 150 days plus 30th on that list between uh, Kojima below him, also Barry Windham below him, which they made a big thing out of when he came out. He has had this title longer than the likes of greats such as Dusty Rhodes, such as Barry Windham. I'm like, you know, he's got... This is his third goddamn title defense. Like it doesn't matter. Nick Aldis could go. It's a thousand days. Of of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because you don't freaking talk about it. Yeah. Here's here's Pam sticking up for the NWA. Why do you guys do an NWA YouTube show if you hate the NWA so much? They pay me. That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> Wait, you get paid? Yeah. Well, it's on the start. Well, for those for those who don't know, and maybe Pam hasn't been around as much or as long to know, I've been a fan of wrestling since the late 70s and got really into it in 81. And the wrestling I saw was NWA wrestling. Even though I spent part of my life in Nebraska, which was AWA territory. So the NWA is something that I followed through thick and thin. I remember when it became WCW, but it wasn't, I wasn't even reading the the dirt sheets at that time, but I still knew enough that, you know, the NWA still existed, that they were still making moves behind the scene. I remember I was there for the EC, I mean, I wasn't there, but, you know, I was around for when Shane Douglas threw the title down. I was around through when uh, you know, Chris Candido won the title and defended it like three times before losing it to uh, Dan Severin, his four-year reign. Uh, I've seen a lot of good. I've seen a lot of bad. People talked about Tharp being the dark days. Oh, that was nothing, baby. I was there for the real dark days. I was there when Mike Ropita was world champion. Michael and, Potter was also a USWA champion. So give him some credit. Yeah, the same time when USA was USWA was, you know, without law. <laughs> I mean, just see you've seen a lot of it, good and bad. 
I've seen a lot of it good and bad. And so my nurture is that I want it to be good. I want it to survive. I want it to look, I don't, nothing's going to pass WWE at this time. And you're not going to get to AEW levels, which are really quite pathetic in this world. And so you're, so you want and you hope that this product that you love, that you loved when Tharp owned it, that you loved when the uh, pro wrestling organization owned it, that you loved through the dead days will accomplish something because it means that much to you. And you just want it to succeed. And unfortunately, despite what people say, despite what Billy says, despite what uh, some of the rabbit fans say on Facebook or whatever, you know, oh, this reminds me of wrestling when I used to watch when, you know, with my grandpa back in 19, whatever. Well, it doesn't. This, does, this isn't even wrestling from the 80s or the 90s. I mean, this is just pale WWE. This is T, not even WWE. This is TNA when it sucked the most under Dixie Carter. Right. And, you know, so you are torn. You are torn between a love of a brand and a product that you want to succeed in the crap that the current owner is putting out. And the who has a chip so big on his shoulder that he denounces fans for not loving his product. F you. Not to you, Pam, to Billy Corgan. To Billy Corgan, yes. Because I've loved this product before you cared about it. Yeah. You know, Going and getting old style belts and saying, oh, see, I'm an old school fan. No, you're a TNA at its worst fan. And you don't want the product to be successful. You go, oh, we want the product. No, you don't. If you want the product to be successful, you go out and hire a real booker. I'm available. Jaden's available. Not going to kiss your butt, but I'm available. Well, that's the thing. This is the same with Tony Khan. This is the same with Billy Corgan. This is the same with Vince McMahon. Back in the saddle again. They don't, they don't want their product to be successful. They want what they put out to be successful. This is what I like, and you should like it too. And if you don't, well, then you're just a bad fan. You're you're just uh, you're just an old timer. Let me tell you, this old timer lived in an area that sold seven thousand tickets every week to two different, you know, about forty five hundred in Dallas and about fifteen to two thousand in Fort Worth every Friday, every Monday for three years. We're talking about a place that went broke when their top when their top uh, shows 
drop from 18,000 to 5,000. And we're still putting out a better product than the crap we see today. And I think this is, this is passion, like, and, and, and anger that it's not what it could be and what it, what it is being built at. Like, I, I often think there's a, there's a difference between, um, like, I, like, I feel bad that, <laughs> like myself, that like, wow, I don't hate the NWA. And I feel, I feel poorly that if I, you know, I might've presented it that I don't, that I hate it. I, I don't like, like these two guys, I like the NWA of old, but I came back after 20 years of not watching wrestling under the rock and roll express winning the world tag team titles and got really into it with Nick Aldis and, you know, the whole Marty Skrull coming, walking down the steps at the Atlanta, you know, uh, arena there. I loved that, that part. And it has slowly over time, the pandemic just seemed to stop it. And it hasn't risen back up to where it could have been. And I think it's really important that, you know, if we're, we're saying we're hoping for this product, like, you know, DK is saying that it's not, we have to call out when it's not good. And, you know, we don't work for the NWA and this pay-per-view wasn't good. It was a C plus, I think overall on the end for me. Um, See, you know, I'm not like I put it sure. in C. Sure. You know, uh, Jeremy said yesterday it was like a like a D minus for him overall. He didn't like it at all. But the, the pay-per-views from the NWA have largely been been good. And there's there's been a lot of, of things that you know we didn't like, and that's true. But I, I like to to think that we're you know um, trying to present it from the idea of we really hope that these this these guys succeed as a company, that the booking changes. And that the talent that's not being used super well, like there's some really talented people here who aren't being booked the way they, they should be. Pam says she hears us, new wrestling fan, enjoy most of the of the end of way product. It was a really great question. Yeah, you know, we've never actually been called on it before. I think that's uh, I think that's good. I'm gonna give you a perspective and I'm gonna call it the Star Wars perspective. Okay. I grew up on the nineteen 19- 77 Star Wars, the 1980 Empire Strikes Back, and the 1983 Return of the Jedi, and unfortunately the Star Wars Christmas Special and Ewoks uh, movies, but we'll ignore those. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I was Darth Darth Vader. And I know it's hard to believe I was the heel in this, but I was Darth Vader. My nephew was Luke Skywalker. Everybody was. My nephew was Luke Skywalker. I was Darth Vader, and we would fight in the middle of a, a Toys R Us with toy lightsabers and beat them until they wouldn't work anymore. And it was so much fun. And then the prequels came out. Now, the, uh, Star Wars fans really didn't like the prequels. Jar Jar was obnoxious, and little Annie going yippee pissed us off. And I didn't mind the politics stuff, but a lot of people hated the politics stuff. And there's just... There was the only thing really great about it of the first movie was Darth Maul versus Obi Wan and Qui Gon, right? And everything else, you know, they uh, and and everything else just kind of didn't need to be. And then there was the 
Attack of the Clones, which also wasn't that great, but at least it was better. And then there was Revenge of the Sith, which was actually kind of good. But we grew up like that. We weren't really fans. We were mad because it wasn't what we, it wasn't it wasn't necessary because it wasn't what we wanted. It's just it wasn't in our opinion, wasn't to the spirit of what we thought Star Wars was and what it should have been. But now people who grew up on that Star Wars thinks it's the great Star Wars and they love that Star Wars and they don't even like some of the old original trilogy stuff. And then the Clone Wars helped that a lot. The Clone Wars cartoon helped make it a lot more palatable. But if you get out of the first season, if you really watch the Clone Wars, it really did help make that a lot more palatable. Um, but a lot of people who grew up in that era thought that that was their Star Wars, and that's what that's like. We're talking about the original trilogy when it comes to the NWA, and you're kind of talking now probably about the uh, Kathleen Kennedy tri- trilogy, and that's what you're growing up with, so that's what you you like, and that's probably what's going on right now. Yeah, she understands what you're saying. She gets the analogy. Um, and we're not on you about this either. I think that was a really fair question to ask. So as Jay says, we don't hate the NWA. We love it, but sometimes it feels a bit unrequited. Kind of like checkers for me. Whenever I checkers, that's a one-way relationship. I love it, but it does not love me back. <laughs> right. Well, and it, you know, and it is a fair question because I say that to a lot of people when they just start criticizing uh, you know, I was a big fan of the TV show, The Big Bang Theory, and I liked it till the end. But there were a lot of people who didn't, you know, as it wore on, they didn't. And so they would come on the sites and everything, and they'd just criticize and criticize and criticize. And I'd go, look, if you don't like it, stop watching it. Because I will do that. I like the TV show Bones also. And I couldn't really watch it after season... 10, I think, 9, 10. I certainly didn't watch the last two seasons of it. I mean, I've, kind of, I've kind of caught up since, just more out of a curiosity type thing than, want, you know, honestly. but I just didn't think the show, they had set up season 10 to be like the finale, the series finale, and then they brought it back anyway. And like a lot of times when they do that, that doesn't work. Sitting here for two hours with everything negative, it's hard to want to chime in with anything positive. Okay. Oh, you're, you're welcome to chime in with anything positive. Now, we may not agree with you. You know, I would love that perspective, though. We would love to hear your thoughts because if just because we like vanilla doesn't mean you can't like chocolate. Yeah. And, and you know, to be you fair, like, we, it, like being negative is, is sometimes when you get it so so much, uh, like there's a lot of things that we perceive as being negative, it kind of becomes a, a bit of a pattern. For me, it does anyway. But, you know, there were, you could, if you look at the match, like the last match with Adonis and Tyrus, you have to kind of stretch for things that you really want to say, well, I liked this. Um, there weren't a lot of, uh, of you know, I liked the way Chris Adonis slowed down this match to Tyrus's speed and ability. Like that, even that sounds negative, you know. And we don't really mean it that way. But this is we have seen some great stuff in the Lightning One era, and we just want to see it get get. Down, especially being the only girl in the room. Yeah, yeah. My <clears throat> my wife went to bed. She was here earlier, but she was she would agree. I think with. Uh, with a lot of your perspective as well. Jay still wants her to have her own podcast. Yeah. 
you know, I tried to 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 do one. I I wanted to see a a bunch of uh, uh, you know female um, fans do a show like Pam and Fee, and maybe Fee. And I tried to set something up once, and I just, I couldn't get enough people. Like I think it was only Pam who volunteered actually when we when we tried to do it. So. Um, no, your perspective, as as Lou says, is definitely valued. You know, it's you're here and you're taking the time to to listen about a product you care about, and this has always been about uh, yeah, the whole alliance and, and NWA family. Let's be honest; part of my character is that of a little grunt. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, let me go back here. Where are we? Do 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 do. Every new promotion since 1985 has been a vanity project. Cor this is this is the one. Corgan wanted impact but settled for NWA. And Lou is saying that's that's what he's ag agreeing with. I think that's kind of well well documented. You know, he did try to get impact, right? And at least he invest invested in it. And we all know kind of the story what happened there to some degree. Um. Big Chris Dog. Uh, me personally, I'm critical of the NWA, but I also criticize well everybody. <laughs> so, so there you go. Um, do you guys? Yeah, and that says a lot because Big Chris Dog loves bad wrestling. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little inside joke. I've been messing with Chris Dog for around oh, okay. twenty years now. He only likes wrestling that sucks. In the. In the power that that came afterwards, like you know, we're we should probably think about getting out of here, but it doesn't. There isn't a lot to cover because what we ended up getting on on power is uh, three matches from this pay per view: uh, Sal the Pal and Gags again, uh, the Bob Loose Memorial Battle Royal, and Kratos versus Yabo. Um, they brought which, their A game, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, two of them are, is it two of them are from the pay-per-view here, and one was from the pre-show, right? Yep. So, in that sense, um, you know, it is pay-per-view quality, um, <laughs> pay-per-view matches that you would have had to have paid for, premium, that's the word I'm looking for, um, that you... You didn't see, and I always I kind of wondered if that's because the feed went down that they decided to do that. But we didn't get any fresh power material. What we did get was Joe Galley, Pat Kenny, and WPC with their expert analysis. And I, I kind of thought, oh, okay, maybe that'll that'll make it worthwhile. Um, did it because I haven't watched? Uh, no. No, it, like there was, I thought you could have done it in a way like, hey, if we haven't seen Pat Kenny on camera before uh, in, in the Lightning One era, and thanks, Pam. Thanks for being here. I uh, appreciate it. Also, one last hashtag, Team Adonis. Hey, Pam, Adonis is the best thing in the NWA right now, so that should make you feel great. Besides, obviously, Camille and the lady wrestlers that are, you know, Ken wrestlers. Yeah, we appreciate you, Pam. Um, but we didn't get, I mean, it was just, they just started talking and the three of them and, uh, you know, I like the casual wrestler or wrestling fan 
which maybe maybe now that I'm saying it out loud, isn't the um, hey, thanks for saying that, Jaden. You're welcome. Uh, My pleasure. You might not know who Pat Kenny is, who Simon Diamond was, and what what he now means to the NWA in terms of creative uh, direction and backstage. You know, they didn't say, "Hey, this is Pat Kenny. He's a producer." Um, you know, this is his role here. They didn't, unless I missed it. But it was like three guys who looked very tired. Um, talking in between the matches about, you know, boy, wasn't Yabo versus Kratos maybe the match of the night? <coughs> and um, it would be the match of the night if they shut the lights off. Yeah, and, and there isn't like listen. I listened to all the commentary. I fast forwarded through the matches because I've already seen them. And one of the guys in the Discord. I forget who put in a, a clip of, of Joe Galley just kind of sitting there going like, you know, as they're talking, they're, you know, and they're having a great time, but he just looks so tired. Like this had been such a long day. I think Gary Horn had said something about he'd been up for 24 straight hours at this point. Right. So I didn't well, get that's anything. Probably the, that's probably the only way to enjoy the NWA when you have sleep delusion like that. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I'm going to expect Billy Corgan and Pat Kenny to put over the product. I mean, they're the ones leading the thing. I'm not. I'm not expecting uh, them to come out and you know give a honest critique of the situation. So I'm going to expect them to come out and talk about whether it's good. You, you just got to or tell us how good it is and. You just got to watch the hyperbole. One of the things that drove me crazy is after the kind of fall of the territories and some of the small promotions and they bring in, you know, the commentary team and he'd be going and I'm going to pick on a former NWA promotion that NWA, Smoky Mountain, Tony Givens area. But, I mean, every show, somebody broke something, if not three guys. Right. I had to have broken his jaw when he hit him with that chair. Right. Dude. Unless you plan on that guy being out and coming in with a wired jaw for the next, you know, 10 weeks, don't say that crap. Don't sit there and go, he broke his leg. Yeah, that's that that old Jim Cornette. Well, you put whoever through a table. Now I have to keep them off TV for four weeks. You know. Thanks, thanks. Jillian Hall. What's that? Jillian Hall. Jillian Hall. That's who. Yeah, there you go. Well, even himself, you know, he they put him on Regis and whoever Regis's host was at the time. And uh, co-host, and it was after he run an angle in Smoky Mountain. WWE was the one that had booked him, and he told them, "He goes, well, I'm going to be wearing a neck brace because of an angle that I've done in Smoky Mountain." And so he did. He went on the show, and he was wearing a neck brace, and he was selling that he had been injured and right stuff. And 
that's just where some of the magic today has been lost. There wasn't much analysis to this other than two guys, again, one who isn't introduced to to the, the crowd that's watching, um, you know, uh, saying that these these matches were great and these this talent is great. And it's kind of the same problem about that we didn't get any new uh, footage for kind of our last topic, I think, is like, well, they're going to Australia now and we don't know anything. We don't we haven't seen any footage from any part of the world as a vampire uh, tour uh, from Mexico. We don't re- I haven't heard anything about who they're you know teaming up with in Australia. We don't know if they're wrestling at all or of these shows or just some. And we don't know when we're going to get the footage that they should already have in the can from from Mexico, you know, but I feel like they could have put in this place right now. Do you know who's really been good at getting footage out? Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. In fact, if you come this Monday, there'll be two new matches come out. One at 6.05 and one at 8.05. Cheap plug. That was, yes. The the dog uh, YouTube.com slash dog wrestling? Oh, I don't know. I don't make this stuff. I'm, I'm lucky I know how to turn my phone on. Here's, here's a real question with them going to Australia. Who has a who has a travel permit? No work permit. Do you think we'll actually hear anything about the stuff? Well, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Right now, the only reason we know anything about what happened in Mexico is because Jay went and you know a couple of other people. Let's get a. Uh, I'm not saying OnlyFans. Let's get a um, whatever it is together and send Jay to Australia. Crocodile Kelly or Kaylee. But they do do, they have done things like, uh, um, you know, Kyle Davis at the, at the, you know, control center, the world is vampire tour. The NWA is going to Australia. So they've told us about it. They've told us they're going. Yeah. But will they tell us what happened? Why would they tell us about it? If they tell us what happened. What have they told us about what happened in Mexico? Why are you asking me? If <laughs> you watch the product, but you know that's in other words, that's my concern. Is that okay? They're going to Australia to have all these things, and they'll come back from Australia, and unless there's a title change somewhere down there, we may never hear anything. Hey, I heard a rumor Camille's not even going. Is that true? Yeah, we talked about that earlier. She, uh, yeah. she's got she already has bookings here in the U.S. So, yeah, Chris. Uh... Uh, Chris mentioned it in the Discord make earlier, but she's at Coastal Championship Wrestling like next week, I think. I mean, it's glad that she took her booking, but why didn't uh, the NWA book her like prior or something like that? And isn't well, Coastal Championship Wrestling where that one guy who was like molesting little gar- girls was in charge of? I do have a question, which is can't I don't know enough about visas and stuff like that, but like would Australia take Latimer? Has he been, is he going? Cause you know, I know he has a bit of a criminal history and sometimes that can prevent people from 
traveling. I'm just wondering if maybe he couldn't go. She's staying with him. I don't know, honestly. I know Japan's harder than any place, except for maybe Russia. So uh, I don't know how Australia. Hell, that can't be true. Australia was built on uh, criminals. <laughs> Chris yeah, said triple H back then. <laughs> yeah, Chris says Triple A showing it. So do, do they own the footage? Who says I uh, want NWA to partner with Nathan's for the Hot Dogs and Handshakes tour? Pay per view at Coney Island on July fourth. Hmm. That, that sounds a little. Here's something that's gonna make a lot of people mad. I don't think Nathan's hot dogs are that great. <laughs> I think the yeah. actual Nathan's hot dogs you buy at the store are better than the ones they have at the Nathan stands. We don't have them up here, and we don't have a fast food place that is only hot dogs. We have two of them. We have that and A and W, which is completely. Even though they sell A and W root beer, it's a different root beer than the A and W root beer you could buy in the store. But then in Canada, they actually have that same A and W root beer that you that is uh, sold at the A and W root beer hot dog uh, places, but it's not owned by the same company. I'm so confused. A and W root beer. We have the original one at the restaurant and in the store. But I really want. What I really want to know is how did we get to talking about hot dogs and in A and W root beer? You know, this, this is your show. You decide what happens. No, I don't think I would have decided that. Hot dogs and handshakes go are synonymous for pro wrestling. Somebody was well, like, for Randy Orton, maybe. Somebody was saying something about Canadian maple syrup and moose tacos. I don't know. Moose taco sounds good. Lived here my whole life, never eaten moose. So. So, I mean, that's just my one concern. My one concern is that they're going to go down, have these wrestling things, and we'll probably never know what happened at most or any of them, unless the title changes hands. So, maybe yeah. maybe somebody down there, maybe, maybe Jay's pal Pole Jump will be able to, you know, get the, get the inside stories. Well, we have gone from reviewing 312 and there's nothing to review over power into the realm of speculation now. So I, I can see by the sleepy logo on uh, Jaden's Jaden's name there and the way DKM is passing out at the keyboard that it's time for us to go. Yeah, I'm I tired. I want to thank everybody for being here. Guys, love your shirt, you. by the way. I forgot to mention yeah, I forgot to mention. Hey, the Dog Alliance Summit, man. That was a lot of fun. Um, Jaden, you want to plug anything for uh, Dr. Zirconium? Honestly, no. He's kind of being a, he's not paying me for a while because we have nothing coming up other than there is a private event for the Rowan College of Burlington County. Currently, sign is Fala Ba will be action against. Chris Steeler for the World Wrestling Grand Prix Championship. Also on the card, <clears throat> the old school empire will be defending. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Man, it's choking me up thinking about this. The old school empire will be defending the dog tag team championship on the event and dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators. Heavyweight champion uh, Justin Adams will be on the card. There'll be tons of amazing pro wrestlers plus Dave Dahl. So make I was sure. Ask the big question since Jay wasn't here, will Dave Dahl be there? Yes, he will be there. They're actually, the building very specifically asked for Dave Dahl to get beat to get. I mean, to be there so he, they could watch him get beat up in person. 
Fantastic. Uh, where can they find you on social media? Me? I don't exist. How about uh, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators then? Oh, geez. Know this stuff? Uh, let's see. I think just go to dogprowrestling.com and I'll give you all the links to all of the Danish Drone Wrestling Gladiators uh, social media accounts and the YouTube. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And we bring out videos, you know, whenever the hell they we decide to get them edited. And then, uh, and you can share them with everybody and tell your friends and buy the shirts and um, make comments and tell everybody how much you hate Dave Dahl. That's what it's all about. What about you, DK? Oh, he's put it on the screen. <laughs> At DKM, FWTX, Fort Worth, Texas. I figured that out all by myself. Very good. I'm You'd be amazing how many people don't. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. For the longest time, I thought it was FTW when he was talking to say the, to fart the world. <laughs> that too. And I am at at the Alliance Gold because I'm a derivative piece of crap. So for for DK and Jaden, until next time, thank you for joining us. We'll see you at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.